Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to Ion Sterile Process, and I'm so glad you made it. Um, I want to start off by going through the news, talk a little bit about the news, stuff I found out there that I think is interesting that you will find valuable. And then we're going to talk about getting our mind right for building a great resume. The first step is going to be just thinking about all of our skills and what we can bring to that organization and what we have done in our past, our accomplishments and things like that, and get that on the resume. But we're not going to write the resume today. We're just going to start making a list. And then as we move on to other episodes, we're going to start putting that format together. And then booyah, we're going to have a bomb resume. So I just want to start off with a couple of things I ran into in the news. You know that um, Joe Biden's the new president. So things are changing with that as far as um, with CMS and I believe the CDC, they're going to get some new leadership going on there. So I don't know what that's going to look like moving forward, but we knew what we went through dealing with COVID-19. As far as the leadership, the information and things conflicting and things is changing and us doing things we were not used to. And then um, in Kaiser Health News, uh, you have nurses that are really dealing. Well, let me give you the title. California is overriding its limits on nurse workloads as COVID surges. This was January 20th, 2021. You have nurses that are dealing with uh, what are they in telemetry? Uh, nurses and they're dealing with the sick of the sick and they're concerned because normally they deal with four patients now they're dealing with six six patients and we're dealing with they're saying they're dealing with patients that are um, having heart attacks strokes and dealing with COVID-19 so they're really concerned about you know the safety of the, the patients that they're dealing with and that's their biggest concern then the next one we have um, at EHS today is the name of the um, company that posts this article and the title of this article is called the carrot is always better than the stick paying people to get vaccines that's very interesting to me january 20th 2021 is when this was posted and they're saying companies like instacart are giving their workers 25 dollars if they go get the COVID 19 vaccine you also have trader joe saying they'll pay their employees two hours of pay per dose dollar general is matching and giving employees four hours of pay to get the vaccine that article is very interesting. I have the notes, um, the links in the show notes, so you can read that for yourself. This is an opportunity in this article for you to think more so in how you can save your department or your organization money by looking at the items that you have on your shelves, the inventory. And so we have a hospital in um, where was this hospital at? Don't have me lying. In Dallas, okay. And this comes from Becker's Hospital Review. The title of this one is Howard Stewart Healthcare Prevents $16 million worth of inventory from expiration in six months. So he went around to, I believe it was he or she or a group of them, went around to six months and uh, 36 facilities, and they were able to identify things I'm sure that were about to expire. You know, you're supposed to do the FIFO. Everybody know that first in, first out. And Having inventory or too much inventory on your shelf is never good for your books, for the bottom dollar, because you need to have stuff turning. You don't need to be hoarding in, um, inventory. And so that's a whole nother story. And I'm not an expert on that, but I'm sure if you read into it, you'll find out it's never good to have stuff that's just sitting on the shelf and not being used and especially expiring. So I have that in the show notes. So the reason why I brought this up to you is because you may have that opportunity to create a position for yourself, get recognition, to put that even on your resume, how you were able to save your organization money because you were able to properly manage the inventory. So that could be a position that you can have for yourself or something that you can get your own recognition for by bringing that to the attention of leadership in your department. There's another article with Surgical Directions. This title is The Patient of ASC owners is about to be rewarded 
are you ready? <clears throat> and those are the surgery centers. And they want to know, are you ready? Because CMS has moved 267 mostly muscular skeletal related services, first services from the inpatient only list to outpatient. So they're saying with the entire inpatient surgical procedure list being phased out by 2024, this is great news for all ASCs. The opportunity to grow surgical volume and provide services to a wide range of patients have never been better. So this could be an opportunity for a lot of you that are in the hospital setting that have a lot of experience, especially them trauma ones. People that's in these surgery centers may have not have that same experience that you have or been far removed from it, meaning they haven't been in a hospital setting in many, many years. And it's going to be new procedures being done, new surgical instruments, vendors, processes. They probably have to get new sterilizers installed. All kind of stuff may take place. It can open up an opportunity for you to say, hey, I can help you out. You know what I mean? Even before they put that listing in the paper. Well, that's back in the day. They used to put job postings in the paper. But before they put it on Indeed or before they put it on their hospital or surgery center website, you can be the first person that already built that relationship with them moving forward. So when that position, another opportunity that could be for you, um, this was in Becker's Healthcare. And they have their little dental, I guess you can say subtitle or sub area that they talk about. But what they're doing is they're looking for a lot of people to deal with their um, dental supply chain. So they're looking for people in supply chain. I know a lot of people have worked in supply chain in the hospital, moved to sterile processing and maybe going back. I don't know. But you may also think about the fact it may increase in your own hospital. And they're looking for titles like uh, procurement manager purchasing agent, buyers, associate receiving inventory. Uh, let me see, there's another title here. Purchasing assistant, inventory shipping, warehouse specialist. So these are titles that could be right there in your hospital, right up under your nose. And you're already in the hospital. So how hard is it for you to go over there and talk to somebody over there and build up that relationship to find out what's going on over there? And you know, as things move forward and things begin to change, you can already be there before that position is posted because you already have that relationship. So I think that's a good idea for you to think about as well um, as we move forward with building these resumes. And then I mentioned to you the CDC and the leadership and things like that are changing with them and CMS. And let me see. Oh, and last but not least, is this last? Because this is a juicy one to me. This is like tea. You know, how you, people say, I'm going to give you the tea. This is the tea, baby. So, you know, Nuvasa, okay, like Stryker and Depew and the rest of those um, specialty instrument um, manufacturers. Well, a spine surgeon inventor files a patent infringement suit against Nuvasa. Now, it sounds like in this article, this has been going on for a while. Back in 2013, he won some millions of dollars. Because they're saying in 2015, Nuvasa paid him more than 30 million in royalties, according to CMS Open Payment Database. Now, if you don't know, I posted this on Facebook. There's an open data database that show you money these teaching hospitals have received from pharmaceutical companies and I think donors or something like that. But I posted on Facebook, you'll be able to find it or you can easily Google it yourself. It's CMS Open Payment Database and you can find all this information. And then um, I think he got another judgment in 2013 for $12.2 million. So anyway, that's the tea that's going on with that. So now that I got that news out of the way, now we're going to move on to some information about the resume. Now we're going to break this down over several episodes because it's going to be a process. So I just want to make sure you get everything, but I don't want the whole podcast to be, you know, 45, 50 minutes or whatever. So Let's do it.
Okay, so the next article is, let's see, this is Surgical Directions. And the title, this one is The Patient of ASC. And that is the Ambulatory Surgery Centers. Um, get back to this article. Owners is about to be rewarded. Are you ready? And that's what it, um, that's the title. And it's January 19th of 2021. What they're saying is, and I'm going to quote this directly. CMS has moved 267 mostly musculoskeletal related services from the inpatient only list to outpatient, with the entire inpatient surgical procedure list being phased out by 2024. This is great news for all ASCs. The opportunity to grow surgical volume and provide services to a wider range of patients have never been better. So when you think about that, these people, a lot of people, and I'm kind of going to say a lot, I'm just going to say some people work in surgery centers and have never worked in a hospital. And so there's going to be a change for them. There's going to be a change in volume. It may, it's going to be a change definitely in procedures, surgical instrumentation, processes, sterilization, cleaning, all these things may change. They're going to probably have to deal with more vendors coming through there. But people who have been in these hospitals, especially these trauma ones and two hospitals, you may be a great asset to the surgery centers when they start increasing their volume. You can be um, consulting. You can be, you know, a supervisor or lead or manager. You never know what the opportunities may be in store for you. So maybe you need to start creating those partnerships or find out, you know, what their plans are and get yourself in position before they even post the job for anything, you know, dealing with sterile processing because it's going to happen. So I'll also have all these links in the show notes and you'll be able to find that as well. And then just quickly, you know, you, Trump, before he left, he did his thing or whatever. Um, so he ended up parting or giving a pardon to a New Jersey surgeon who obstructed billing investigations. So it was some kind of fraud going on, which is crazy. And the um, the doctor got in the way of the investigation. And um, yeah, was it? Over 19, over, yeah. So uh, Trump was able to partner this guy, what have you. And so you, I, I, I'll give that in the show notes. I'm not going to get into that, but that's um, Becker's ASC review. That's part of their um, information they give out. And I, yeah, I really didn't want to too much talk about this guy, but, you know, it was just, it was in the news. So I said, you have the right to know that. Um, also, uh, there's maybe another opportunity coming up as well for you in um, Becker's dental review. Here they're talking about 11 companies hiring dental supply chain talent. So a lot of you are in serial processing, but you probably have experience in supply chain. And they're saying they're looking for uh, procurement managers, purchasing agents, buyers, associate, receiving inventory specialists, um, purchasing assistance. They're looking for all kinds of different stuff. And I'm not sure what city and state they're in, but like I said, I'll leave the notes so you can find that out. So that may be an opportunity for you just as well to move into supply chain, move back into it, move in, you know, something new, but it's still within the medical field. And then we have, let's see, as you may know too, because Biden is in there now, a, a lot of directors are going to change. A lot of leadership is going to change. So the CDC is making some changes with their leadership as well as um, CMS. There's going to be some changes with their leadership as well. And then this is, I know you guys heard of Nuvasiv, like Stryker. Um, who else we got out there? Um, 
the pew. Okay, with Nuvasive, they have surgical instruments. So a spine surgeon inventor files a patent infringement suit against Nuvasive. And when I read through the article, it sounds like that he has been paid and then they were supposed to pay him more money. He didn't get all his money. So he's back in court suing them again. And again, this is on Becker's Spine Review. And this uh, this article, let me see what's the date on this article. Was this sound like they've been back and forth in court? So it said it was a day ago. So it was January the 21st of 2021, where this doctor is suing Nuvasa for patent infringement. So I was like, wow. And then, last but not least, with these news articles, and again, this is a Becker Spine Review, they have facts on the top 10 orthopedic hospitals per U per U.S. News and World Report. So you have some hospitals that are the top of their game when it comes to orthopedics. And New York seems to dominate this list, even though we do have Los Angeles, where I'm from, that Cedar sinai is on the top of the list. Hospitals in Chicago, a few of them in New York, UCLA, where I actually worked at, and Boston, and on and on and on. So I have a list on there, too. And these are some of the top joints you probably want to work at. Now, let's get to the, um, the resume. And so the resume is going to be broken down into... The discussion today is going to be broken down, pretty much talking about kind of five areas about the resume. But I do want to give you some tips, a little information I did find. They're saying about a quarter of managers spend less than 30 seconds reading your resume. So it's very important that the resume catches their attention like an infomercial. They, they need to read it. They need to see it. And they be like, oh, I want to know more. I want to leave. I want to I want to find out more like they do with the infomercials, because because the infomercials, I've bought a couple of products because. They kind of sold me at the beginning. So um, there's a few things you probably want to jot down and you want to talk, you want to jot down your transferable skills. And those are the skills that you can use from one industry to the next, from one job role to the next. Like, for instance, I'll give you an example. I believe our transferable skills is the fact that we are able to um, research. We, have re we, we can research. We gather information. We gather data. We check to make sure that things are, you know, when you check your sterilization load, you're not just looking at the tape to see if it's changed. You're validating that load. I'm sorry. You're verifying that load when you uh, use the incubator, when you check the tape readout to make sure all the parameters were met. You're verifying that that load met all the, the necessary steps in order to say that that load is ready to be re released. So, those are transferable skills, the fact that we we do that. And then you want to talk about your accomplishments, the things that you have been able to accomplish. Were you able, you moved up to a lead tech, were you moved up to a supervisor? Um, you know, were you able to save time or money or anything like that? You want to bring those things in there too. You want to also know what your target industry is, what your tar target job is. If you're trying to stay in the hospital, but you want to move in other areas of the hospital, let's look into that. Let's look at the skills that you actually have, where you stand, where you are right now, your education and certification. What other jobs in the hospital that you probably can transfer into? I would, I'm going to do a podcast on the fact that we have to sell our industry or our department and not the job role. Because when people come in there, there's so many more opportunities that can blossom just for you being in the sterile processing department. So if you just sell somebody on a job role, they just kind of get stuck in that role and not really look around to all the other opportunities that are available. So, you know, like, for instance, I'm sure you've seen people who say, oh, I'm just doing sets today. The sterilizer go off. They don't move to open up the door to sterilizer, even though the person that's working on sterilizers went to the bathroom or 
on a phone call or went to lunch, you know, and it just stays in the sterilizer till they come back because that person decides they want to be stuck in their own job role. So I have links also to help you look into different industries and jobs and stuff like that within the hospital and outside to help you make better decisions. Then you need to know what does the employer want. And a lot of times you can find that from, of course, you know, the job description for whatever job that you're looking for. But then you look, you dig a little deeper in that and you start looking at their mission statement, their vision, their goals and things like that to find out the direction in which the company is going. And if they're going in the direction that you want to be a part of, then you know um, how to align your resume and how to speak that, that talk when you go into the interview because it's, it's lined up with exactly the employer one. Yeah, they want to fill that one position, but what do they want deeper than that? Like, what's the bigger picture? And that's what you have to look at, the bigger picture. Even when you interview for the department, like what are the departmental goals? Because it needs to be lined up with your own personal goals. If your goals is just to make money, then you need to take a job that's going to give you the money and the advancement that you want. Like, for instance, if are they going to give you after you finish probation? Are you going to get uh, a raise or, uh, you know, after six months, after a year, after a certification, after your reviews. If you are, if you're chasing money, it, they need to offer you things that's going to increase your bottom dollar. If they're not, then are you really chasing money? Because if you move from a job at $15 an hour to 16 to $17 an hour, and then you get a pay increase of 2% every year, but now you got to pay for parking. Now you have to drive even further. Now they're not matching your 401k plan or now they're not um, paying for your parking or whatever it may be, then that little $2 an hour or whatever that you increase to really is getting taken away and you back when you started or less. And then you need to make sure how does your qualification match up with their needs? So you may find out there's a few things you probably need to do. And I can tell you, you can easily go to adult learning at some of these universities or what have you and pay a few dollars, a hundred dollars or a thousand dollars or whatever. And you can take some of these courses that can help you build up your skills to help you get the job you want based on the need of that organization. It could be simply as you just trying to get your CRCST through ISHM, your certification. And hey, you, you probably can find, I gave away a book. I gave away my um, endoscope reprocessing book. So you never know. People are selling them. You can ask the people selling them. You can see if you know, the department may have it. You can borrow it or check it out like a library. I don't know. But those are things you can think about. Then you need to start thinking about your skills, your hard skills and your soft skills. Now, your hard skills, the easiest way for me to understand them is that these are your teachable skills. These are your certifications. These are your degrees. These are the things that you learn to be able to do well. And then the soft skills are like your people skills. You know, the, how nice are you? Are you approachable? Are you friendly? Are you warm? Do you smile? Do people like being around you? How do you greet people? Things like that. And then to move on to the transferable skills, getting a little deeper, they talk more about the interpersonal skills. So we're talking about, can you communicate? Now, when you think about communication, communication is really not just the words that are coming out your mouth. Okay. Communication is done of several different ways. So um, I went to Indeed the career guide, and I pulled up what they have to say about communication. So they mentioned verbal, nonverbal, written, and visual, different ways to communicate. So you want to also let them know on your resume how well you can communicate, whether it's spoken language, your body language, your facial expression, that's nonverbal. And then what about written? How well can you write? Do you, can you communicate through emails and memos, symbols and numbers, and then visual? 
photography, art, drawing, sketches, charts, and graphs. Can you put up, can you put together a chart or graph in your department showing the key process indicators or showing, you know, your error rates and you know how what does it look like over a month, over six months, or over a quarter, a year, or whatever the case may be? Are you able to communicate that information to your team? And it gets even more depth into um, types of communication on this website. But um, like, for instance, I'll just go through this real quick. I'm not going to go through all of them. But when it says verbal, it mentions using a strong, confident speaking voice. Do you sound confident? Use active listening. So that means when somebody says something to you or, you know, you repeat back what they're saying and make sure you understand what they're talking about. So if you're listening to someone, you can't say you're listening and, and you just, mm-hmm, okay, uh-huh. You need to be able to repeat back what they said to make sure there's understanding and let them know that you're actually listening to them. So that's how that pretty much works. But it's a whole list, it's a video, it's all kind of stuff here. And I have that in the notes so that you can use that to help you start thinking about the best way for you to build your resume. And then also under interpersonal, we talk about conflict management. Are you able to deal with conflict? Are you able to manage conflict? Your leadership skills, how well do you listen? Do you negotiate? Have you ever had to negotiate maybe your shift? I had a co uh, a coworker that I worked with. She um, came up with a proposal to the manager, the reason why she should work overnight. We didn't even have an overnight shift. We never even had an overnight shift. And she put it together and she saw she she solved a problem for the most part. And she was granted that overnight shift and she solved the problem. So, you know, you think about things like that and that's how you can put down, you know, I was able to do this. I was able to come up with that. And then under they have self-management. Now, are you uh, let's talk about self-management and organization, goal setting, time management and self-motivation. You need to think about that. Those are the things that you also want to put on your resume to show that um the show that show your strengths so let me see i believe i have another tablet here yeah it talks about self-management again this is indeed career uh guide here when they talk about self-management like when i said organization um it's, it's about your physical space how well does that look you know i'm sure you guys being the people desk at work and it's a mess it's stuff is everywhere and they leave it a mess or they don't refill the station the way they should. So are, are you really organized? Are you neat? Can you improve a functionality? Can you improve? Can you set it up where things are easier for people to save time, to save money? Like, for instance, I worked at a place where they had the uh, peel packs on one side of the room, but then the cutting and the sealing uh, device on the other side of the room. So you went from one side to the other side to get your job done. And that was stupid. So I put them together and somebody obviously didn't like it because they didn't come up with that idea. So they separated it again, which was silly, but they did it. And then the next day or two, somebody put it back together again. So it's just organizing your space, saving time, creating a functional workspace. Are you able to do that? Are you able to set goals? When I, you know, when you walk into a department and you you need to use, I always scan the racks. Of course, I'm gonna scan the racks. And no matter what I have to do, I, you know, if I'm doing sets or whatever, of course, I'll do whatever the person in charge want me to do. But at the same time, you know, I'm looking to see, is there a one of a kind tray over there? Is there a doctor set over there? Are there, you know, items over there that should be on a toner, turnover rack? So, you know, are, are you setting goals? Are you able to do that? Are you self-motivated? Does someone have to keep telling you to empty the cart washer or to empty the, you know, the instrument washer rack or answer the door or answer the phone? Does someone have to tell you that? Are you able to say, I can do these things on my own? Now, I'm not saying drive yourself raggedy trying to do it all the time, but are you that person that usually don't mind doing it? And then stress management. 
they talk about that too, you know, under self-management. You don't want to be stressed out either. So you're going to have to woo on. You need to find a time for yourself to pull to the side and take that deep breath if you needed to take that extra break. You know, because if you're a hard worker, then they already know if you've taken a break or you need a woosah moment, I'm sure they're not going to fall apart behind that. It's the person that usually does it all the time that it's going to be an issue with. So I have this link on here, too, so that you can go through everything else they say here, because I just want to just move through this pretty quickly. But like I said, we talked about communication. Another one is critical thinking. Critical thinking was really interesting to me because a lot of people think they're critical thinkers. But are you? And I just want to get through a little bit. Um more in-depth kind of what a critical thinker is. And do I have something on here? I think I do with um, critical thinking, but I know I have my definition because I have a handout that you can also have access to in case you want to refer back to everything I'm saying. I actually have some of this stuff written out for you. But the critical thinking is a skill that allows a person to make logical and informed decisions to the best of their ability. So that means that you're identifying a problem, you're gathering the facts, you're looking at both sides of the, the situation because there's always going to be two sides to the story. And then you're going to draw your own conclusion. But you're using it based on the logical, informed information. You're looking for the facts. Like, for instance, I get my information from uh, Becker's Review. You know what I mean? So I get When I'm in school, I, I'm looking for peer-reviewed journals to get my information from. You know, most of us was referring to the CDC and the FDA and all these other organizations when we first, you know, were encountered with the COVID-19 vaccine. We're looking for fact-based people and locations and sites and stuff to go to to help us draw our conclusion the best we can. So are you a critical thinker? You know, if something goes on in the sterilizer, what, what are you doing? Like, for instance, somebody was talking about, you know, how long should you leave a load in the sterilizer after the load completes? And some people, oh, we we leave it for 30 minutes. People leaving it for 20 minutes. One person said they leave it for two hours. And it's like, okay, so where are you getting this information? How are you coming to this decision? This is the best practice for your department. So if you're a critical thinker, you're going all the way back to the basics. Like, okay, hold up. What does the manufacturer say of the sterilizer? What does the manufacturer say of the biological that's in there? What does the manufacturer say of the wrap or the rigid containers and the integrators in there? You know what I mean? And then what's the hospital policy? Once you gather all that information and you start looking at it, you're going to find out you're probably doing it wrong. So that's a critical thinker, not somebody just think that, oh, well, we don't want a wet load. So we're just going to just post bake it for two hours. That makes no sort of sense to me. And then another thing on your resume, you want to make sure that you focus on three things. You want to focus on the issue, the actions that you took and the results. So I'm going to say that again. The issues that you were faced with, the actions you took to resolve the issues, and then the end result. They want to see those type of action statements on your resume. And a lot of this stuff, you're going to try to get it up there in your profile statement or you, up there at the top where, where they get to see it. Um, first, and that'll help them say, oh, okay, I like what Solyndra has here. Let me read on more. So then you want to, when you talk about your accomplishments, you want to think about what have you done lately? Have you saved time or money? Have you trained a new tech? Did you implement a new process? Um, did you order or do you manage inventory? Uh, were you promoted, especially inventory? If you can save time and money and you got that inventory turning and churning like it should, then that's great because nobody wants to have expirations on their shelf. It's taking up inventory on the shelf. It's not moving like it should. And then you have some places, like I gave you the article earlier, they were able to save a lot of money because sometimes people overorder stuff. They start to hoard stuff because they're afraid of running out. That's a whole nother processing issue if you get into that point because your shelf shouldn't be filled up with a bunch of stuff that you're not using within a 
a certain period of time. But that's for your department to figure that out. So those are the few things I want you to kind of think about. I'm going to give you the link to where you can find. Um, it's like a little newsletter I put together. The website is nine, the number nine tips dot c-a-r-r-d dot c-o now i'm going to have that on my webs uh, on the um the show notes so you'll be able to find that there's also a video on here that you'll be able to um look at it i found on youtube to tell you how to research the company that you're trying to get hired by you need to find out a few things about them before you even go because who wants to work for a place that has a horrible culture and you left one place and going into another bad situation so you'll also find that too we want to make sure that you add up to their expectations before you even apply and that resume can reflect that for them so um that's what i have for you when it comes to resume i want you to start thinking about these things i want you to uh, pull up this little newsletter that i have for you to refer back to and then start thinking about these things before we put the uh, resume together so next we're going to get a little bit more deeper into the resume building and the format of the resume and what that should look like and then um we'll go from there so i hope you found this stuff valuable let other people know that um you found this valuable share it with other people read it listen to it again and i hope to hear from see you next time